Hey, my name is Alyssa Wolf, and as a chronic pain specialist, I am on a mission to empower you to tackle your chronic pain naturally by uncovering hidden truths about pain and exposing the deeper cause. I aim to help you transform your relationship with pain because you've been in this relationship for long enough and you deserve better. You just need a little help to get out of it. And that is what the Chronic Pain Breakup Podcast is all about. I'll be busting pain management myths, teaching you some of the mind-blowing neuroscience of pain, and help you overcome some of the roadblocks that are keeping you from seeing real, long-term improvements in pain. Stick with me, and in no time, you'll learn the keys to breaking up with stubborn pain so you can get back to doing what makes you, you, and living your fearless and fulfilling life. So if you have chronic pain and are looking for no-fluff, natural, science-backed pain relief solutions, pull up a seat and get cozy because you are in the right place. Let's get started. I'm going to be talking today about um, how to handle flare-ups and we're going to be really kind of diving in and I'm going to be sharing some tips on how to handle flare-ups. So hello, hello. If you are suffering with chronic pain and you're struggling to manage flare-ups, then I'm going to be showing you how how you can start handling your flare-ups at the first sign of them so that you can then knock them out quickly and get back on your feet faster. And in fact, um, I'm gonna be sharing five tips to handling flare-ups and these are techniques that I teach my clients in my chronic pain breakup method program. For the record, flare-ups are basically these periods of time where pain worsens and pretty much wipes you out. You feel a lot more pain than you normally would and you might feel some more um, brain fog, you might feel fatigue or exhaustion during that period of a flare-up. And flare-ups can last for any length of time, okay, and it varies. It varies um, depending on the person and they can be caused by any sort of Um, triggers and sometimes we don't know what those triggers are and I think um, that's actually one of the hardest parts about having flare-ups is not knowing how long they're gonna last and a lot of some scary thoughts can kind of run through your head like will I ever get better is this ever going to go away is this my new normal right so not knowing if and when the flare-up will end can be absolutely terrifying but not only that, the, the other thing that makes flare-ups really hard is not having really a great plan or a way to manage them. How are you managing your flare-ups right now? Like, what is your game plan for when a flare-up happens? Do you, have a, do you have a game plan at all? Or do you just kind of deal with it by resting in bed and relying on painkillers and just passively waiting it out? Okay, that isn't much of a strategy, is it? Right, so um, relying on painkillers and just hibernating in bed while waiting for this flare-up to kind of calm down isn't really a great strategy for handling flare-ups. So here's something to think about. If you stopped just relying on excessive amounts of rests and wishful thinking and painkillers, and instead you had a plan in place that you could turn to that would make it easy to follow to know exactly what to do at the first sign of a flare-up so that you can then take the duration of your flare-ups down significantly then you'd be able to reduce the intensity of your flare-up and possibly even take that flare-up that may typically last let's just say two weeks down to just 24 hours wouldn't that be nice wouldn't you want that 
Melissa says, or not Melissa, Mariella. Hopefully I'm saying that right. Hello from the Netherlands. My daughter has flare-ups. Um, has a flare-up since this afternoon. Her pain goes up really bad. Don't know what to do, but to wait for it to come down. Yes, so hopefully this is helpful today because I'll be sharing some tips on how to do more than just waiting it out and take, taking pills, okay? And this is a tactic that I teach my clients. And I actually had a client who would have these back pain flare-ups that would last months at a time. And she relied on prescription opiate medications. And she was afraid that she'd be eventually get addicted, uh, addicted to them. And she had no other way to handle her flare-ups than to lay in bed. And it made her feel like she was a bad mom. She actually said to me, um, she would think to herself, how can I be a good mom if I'm laying in bed all the time? And for her, when we implemented what I'm about to share with you, it took her about a month to cut down the length of her flare-ups from months at a time to 24 hours. And having all of that time back was life-changing for her. And not only that, in fact, the intensity of her flare-ups went down so much that she said she couldn't even really call them flare-ups anymore. She was able to start living her life without fearing the next flare-up because she had a plan in place that would help her handle her flare-ups quickly. So how cool is that? So here's what you need to know to get that same or similar result as the client I just described. You ready? Okay, so I have five tips to handle your flare-ups quickly so you can get back on your feet faster. The first one is to identify protectors, okay? Identify protectors. So if you're taking notes, write these down. Number one is identify protectors. We don't just want to identify our triggers. A lot of times, culturally, we're taught to um, identify the things that cause your pain. Look for the things that cause your flare-ups. What are your triggers, right? And that information is important. It's very valuable and very helpful if you know how to use that information but more importantly we also want to look for the the things that are basically the opposite of our triggers the things that help us reduce our pain the things that make us feel better the things that make us feel more comfortable the things that make us feel more relaxed the things that make us feel safe and at ease okay so we want to not just identify our triggers but we also want to identify our protectors okay and this isn't something that you just do you know and you sit down and like jot a couple of things down this is something that you actually want to spend time doing like actually spend some like legitimate time brainstorming what your protectors are and because you should have ultimately you want to have a really long list of what your protectors are okay what things might be your protectors what things might make you feel more relaxed what makes you feel more comfortable what improves your mood what gives you energy what makes you feel safe start writing them down start making a list what about things like listening to music what about watching funny videos talking with your spouse eating healthy meals drinking more water getting good sleep going to bed early eating chocolate drinking a warm tea or coffee getting a gentle massage how about sitting in a hot tub or a bubble bath sunsets white noise 
using a meditation app or using guided visualization exercises, right? Like these are all just ideas, just um, you need to start brainstorming what these things are for you so that you have a nice long list of protectors. And if you're struggling to come up with what your protectors are, um, I do have a free guide for download. And if you're interested, just type the word toolkit in the chat and I will send you a link to the free guide in the private messenger. And yeah, so again, um, one more thing on protectors in terms of making this list, like I said, we want to spend a lot of time making that list. We want to spend more time thinking about what our protectors are than what our triggers are. And in that same sense, we actually want a longer list of protectors than our list of triggers. It's so much easier for us to identify what our triggers are than it is to identify our protectors. And so I'd actually challenge you to see if you can come up with more protectors than you can triggers, okay? So for tip number two, my second tip is to use a flare-up toolkit, okay? So um, flare-ups tend to make it harder for us to think it, um, during a flare-up, our memory is shot, and brain fog sets in, fatigue sets in, and ultimately all you really want to do is just lay in bed, right, and rest. And while rest is definitely what you need, you don't, you want to use intentional rest and not just rest in a passive way. We want to rest in an active and intentional way, because there is a difference between good rest and bad rest. And so when you're in that state of like brain fog and your memory shot, you need to make it easier for you to utilize your protectors and remember and to be able to remember all of the things that you have available to you to help you calm your system down to combat this flare up. You need all of that stuff nearby and easily uh, accessible. And so that is why having a flare-up toolkit handy is really important because it can make that um, make you more likely to utilize your protectors and more likely to uh, perform intentional and active rest rather than just passive rest. And that is what ultimately we need in order to beat the flare-up and get back on our feet faster. And so your flare-up toolkit is going to have um, lots of things in it. Um, you can have your list of protectors in it, and then basically all of the tools that you need in one place. And that way it's easy for you to utilize those protectors at the first sign of a flare-up. And ultimately, if you're struggling with kind of like understanding what a flare-up toolkit is and what to put in it and how to utilize it, Ultimately, what you want to do is just download the free guide that I have available. And so, to, again, to get your copy, just type toolkit in the chat, and I will make sure I send you a message with the link to download this um, free guide. Okay. So, the third tip that I have, tip number three, is to communicate. And this is really important. This is something that so many people are going to skip over and they're going to struggle with this. Um, but basically, when we have a flare-up starting, the first sign of a flare-up, I think the tendency for most people is to want to ignore it and deny it and just say, you know what, I, this isn't happening, I'm going to push through it um, and just kind of reject the idea of maybe that I'm, I'm starting to have a flare-up. And we end up 
pushing too much, we end up doing too much, and then adding stress and adding too much load on the system, adding too much stress on our bodies, causing that flare-up to get worse, okay? And so when we have that flare-up start, at the very first sign of that flare-up, you have a decision to make. And the decision is to ignore it and push through it, or to make your flare-up management your number one priority. And that's the decision that you have. You can choose either way, but if you do choose to make your flare-up management your number one priority, that means that you have to start saying no to other things. And in order to say no to other things, sometimes that means that you need to actually hand off your some of your responsibilities to others, right? That means that you need to actually communicate with friends and family about what you need what you need to do, what kind of rest you need, what you need in order to handle your flare-ups, what kind of help you need. And when we don't communicate our needs, we have a tendency, like I said, to ignore the pain, to minimize the pain. We push ourselves too hard. We take on more than we can handle, which is only going to prolong the flare-up and make it worse and more intense, okay? So, like I said, tip number three is to communicate, to tell your spouse about your protectors, not telling them, ultimately you want to tell them this before you're actually having a flare-up so that they know what you need when the flare-up starts, what you're feeling when the flare-up starts, what your priorities are going to be, and exactly how they can help you. Okay, so you want to tell your spouse about your protectors, you want to tell them about your flare-up toolkit, you want to tell them exactly what responsibilities they can take on to help you without totally enabling you to fall into a state of like hibernation in your bed for days on end, okay? Um, hopefully that makes sense. Okay, one second. So tip number four is to pace. And this kind of goes with that previous tip it, because we, we end up taking on so much. So tip number four, like I said, is to pace. And typically, like I said, when we have these flare-ups that start, we tend to um, continue trying to maintain the same level of activity and intensity in our day-to-day lives as we did before we, the flare-up started. And so we're pushing ourselves physically and mentally too much despite the pain worsening. And so we just, the, that's the biggest mistake that I see is that people just keep, try to keep going and doing the same things at the same level of intensity. And that is why pacing is so important, especially when a flare-up starts, the moment a flare-up starts, because it gives the body space to calm down and quiet down and get the rest that is necessary instead of continuously adding stress to the system, making the pain problem worse. Okay, so pacing involves thinking about how much you're actually capable of at that time and then actually doing that level of activity. Like whatever it is that you are capable of, doing that amount of activity and then stopping, stopping yourself and, and from going further. Okay, you can stop yourself from going further. You can modify the activity. You can rest periodically uh, once you've reached that limit. But um, basically, yes, pacing involves changing your activity so that you can give your body the rest that it needs. 
The goal is not necessarily to completely do nothing. The goal is not to hibernate in bed. It's not, and it's not the opposite. It's not to push yourself and overdo it and push through it and ultimately make the flare up worse. We want to find what that limit is for each and, end of, each and every specific activity movement or exercise that we're trying to do. So for example, if you're trying to unload the dishwasher, what, what can you realistically tolerate without making this pain problem even worse? What can you tolerate at that moment? You have to figure out what that limit is and stick to it and stop and rest and modify when you reach that limit rather than just saying, you know what, screw it, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna push through it and um, try to get it done right now. So again, you want to pace those activities and then when you can identify what those limits are, that's another way for you to also communicate with your spouse or your family members to let them know, this is the limit that I have, I'm gonna be able to do this much and then I need you to help me finish the rest. That's another way that you can kind of communicate and let them know like this is what um, I need help with. Okay, so that way they're not just going to say, you know what, I'm going to unload the dishwasher completely by myself. Um, you go ahead and rest. They're not enabling you. You're going to do your part, the part that you can reasonably conquer. And then they may have to step up and help you to finish it. Right. So there is a balance there. Okay, so moving on. Tip number five. The last tip for today is to prevent. Okay, and so what we do to handle our flare-ups, a majority of what we do to handle our flare-ups is going to involve what we do when we're not in a flare-up, okay? So learning flare-up management that is retroactive, that is going to um, respond to a flare-up is one way to handle uh, a flare-up, like, oh, it's already started now, what do I do? But a majority of how we're gonna handle flare-ups is actually by preventing, proactively preventing the flare-up from ever starting to begin with, okay? And so there's lots and lots of different ways that we can prevent flare-ups from starting. And yes, that does involve pacing as part of that, and it does involve recognizing triggers and protectors and utilizing that information in order to predict a potential flare-up and also to then figure out how to avoid that flare-up from starting. Not by necessarily avoiding our triggers, because that, like touching a dog's leg may not be something that we can avoid. It may not be something that we want to avoid, but it's something where if that trigger is encountered, how can we proactively um, plan ahead to prevent the flare-up from happening if we know we're going to be encountering a trigger down the road? What can we do ahead of time? What can we also be doing on a regular basis, on a daily basis to keep the nervous system calm and to, on an ongoing basis, be retraining the nervous system to desensitize, not desensitize, to resensitize the nervous system because it's overly sensitive to certain stimuli. And so that is something that we need to be looking at as part of our flare-up management. A lot of times people will say like, well, what do I do? How do I get out of the flare-up? Well, that's a really great question. And obviously, you know, when you're having those flare-ups, you want to end them. Um, but we also need to be, once we're feeling better, we don't need to just like, 
all of a sudden like rip off the band-aid and just start doing things at 110% intensity again because we're feeling better. When we're feeling better, we want to avoid that mistake of continuously overdoing it and pushing ourselves too far back into another flare-up. Okay, so we need to be able to prevent flare-ups and that is a huge component of flare-up management that we don't want to forget. It's not all about this retroactive management of what do we do once the flare-up started. We want to actually prevent them from happening to begin with. And so some ways that we can do that, just to rattle off a few, um, are going to include getting better sleep, managing stress, of course, pacing, already mentioned that, using our protectors, and um, planning around your triggers and incorporating certain stretches and exercises into your regular routines, including nerve mobility drills and also brain-based drills to retrain the pathways in our nervous system that cause pain and contribute to pain as well, okay? So in summary, we have five tips. We have identifying our protectors, using a flare-up toolkit, communicating with our family and friends, um, pacing, and prevention, okay? And I hope that that really helps you today. I hope that you're gonna go implement these strategies. And I would love for you to tell me, come find me, send me a, a private message or a direct message in Messenger. Come tell me that you've tried these. Tell me what your protectors are. Tell me how these tips have transformed your flare-ups. And if you think that these tips are going to help you and you want more information, I'm giving away this that free guide that I talked about to help you implement these strategies. So it's called the Flare-Up Toolkit. And it's for people who have horrible flare-ups of their chronic pain. And all you need to do to grab that um, guide the, for free is to comment toolkit below in the chat. And um, even if you're watching the replay, I'm going to send you a message with the link to that guide. Okay, it's totally free and it's going to help you out. Okay, okay, great. And... Um, Remember, as always, if you want more information, more ways to prevent your flare-ups and to manage and actually treat your pain naturally with the techniques that are backed by neuroscience, all packaged in a simple step-by-step -step system, I want to remind you that I have a 16-week program called the Chronic Pain Breakup Method where I'm going to teach you how to beat chronic pain so that you can start living a more fearless and fulfilling life. And the best next step for you to take your pain control into your own hands safely and effectively and easily is to set up a complimentary comfort clarity call with me where we'll have a chat about your pain and how I might be able to help you, okay? So I will leave a link to book a call in the description and you can just click in there to find a time that works for you. Sounds good. Um, thank you so much for watching and we will talk soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Chronic Pain Breakup Podcast. If you found this episode helpful, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. And if you want to take this relationship to the next level, you can connect with me and other pain crusaders inside my private Facebook group, Battling Chronic Pain with Neuroscience, where these episodes are actually recorded live. And I'd love to hear from you. Share your questions and biggest struggles with your chronic pain recovery journey by reaching out to me on Facebook or on Instagram at Pain Crusader. Thanks again for listening and never stop learning.